Chapter Three of Indian Boyhood by Charles Eastman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. My Indian Grandmother. As a motherless child, I always regarded my good grandmother as the wisest of guides and the best of protectors. It was not long before I began to realize her superiority to most of her contemporaries. This idea was not gained entirely from my own observation, but also from a knowledge of the high regard in which she was held by other women. Aside from her native talent and ingenuity, she was endowed with a truly wonderful memory. No other midwife in her day and tribe could compete with her in skill and judgment. Her observations in practice were all preserved in her mind for reference as systematically as if they had been written upon the pages of a notebook i distinctly recall one occasion when she took me with her into the woods in search of certain medicinal roots why do you not use all kinds of roots for medicines said i because she replied in her quick characteristic manner the great mystery does not will us to find things too easily in that case everybody would be a medicine-giver and oyesa must learn that there are many secrets which the great mystery will disclose only to the most worthy only those who seek him fasting and in solitude will receive his signs with this and many similar explanations she wrought in my soul wonderful and lively conceptions of the great mystery and of the effects of prayer and solitude i continued my childish questioning but why did you not dig those plants that we saw in the woods of the same kind that you are digging now for the same reason that we do not like the berries we find in the shadow of deep woods as well as the ones which grow in sunny places the latter have more sweetness and flavor those herbs which have medicinal virtues should be sought in a place that is neither too wet nor too dry and where they have a generous amount of sunshine to maintain their vigor some day oyeza will be old enough to know the secrets of medicine then i will tell him all but if you should grow up to be a bad man i must withhold these treasures from you and give them to your brother for a medicine man must be a good and wise man i hope oyeza will be a great medicine man when he grows up to be a great warrior is a noble ambition but to be a mighty medicine man is a nobler she said these things so thoughtfully and impressively that i cannot but feel and remember them even to this day our native women gathered all the wild rice roots berries and fruits which formed an important part of our food this was distinctively a woman's work unchida grandmother understood these matters perfectly and it became a kind of instinct with her to know just where to look for each edible variety and at what season of the year this sort of labor gave the indian women every opportunity to observe and study nature after their fashion and in this unchida was more acute than most of the men the abilities of her boys were not all inherited from their father indeed the stronger family traits came obviously from her 
she was a leader among the native women and they came to her not only for medical aid but for advice in all their affairs in bravery she equalled any of the men this trait together with her ingenuity and alertness of mind more than once saved her and her people from destruction once when we were roaming over a region occupied by other tribes and on a day when most of the men were out upon the hunt a party of hostile indians suddenly appeared although there were a few men left at home they were taken by surprise at first and scarcely knew what to do when this woman came forward and advanced alone to meet our foes she had gone some distance when some of the men followed her she met the strangers and offered her hand to them they accepted her friendly greeting and as a result of her brave act we were left unmolested and at peace another story of her was related to me by my father my grandfather who was a noted hunter often wandered away from his band in search of game in this instance he had with him only his own family of three boys and his wife one evening when he returned from the chase he found to his surprise that she had built a stockade around her teepee she had discovered the danger sign in a single footprint which she saw at a glance was not that of her husband and she was also convinced that it was not the footprint of a sioux from the shape of the moccasin this ability to recognize footprints is general among the indians but more marked in certain individuals this courageous woman had driven away a party of five ojibway warriors they approached the lodge cautiously but her dog gave timely warning and she poured into them from behind her defences the contents of a double-barrelled gun with such good effect that the astonished braves thought it wise to retreat i was not more than five or six years old when the indian soldiers came one day and destroyed our large buffalo-skin teepee it was charged that my uncle had hunted alone a large herd of buffaloes this was not exactly true he had unfortunately frightened a large herd while shooting a deer in the edge of the woods however it was customary to punish such an act severely even though the offence was accidental when we were attacked by the police i was playing in the teepee and the only other person at home was unshida i had not noticed their approach and when the war-cry was given by thirty or forty indians with strong lungs i thought my little world was coming to an end instantly innumerable knives and tomahawks penetrated our frail home while bullets went through the poles and tent fastenings up above our heads i hardly know what i did but i imagine it was just what any other little fellow would have done under like circumstances my first clear realization of the situation was when uncheetah had a dispute with the leader claiming that the matter had not been properly investigated and that none of the policemen had attained to a reputation in war which would justify them in touching her son's teepee but alas our poor dwelling was already an unrecognizable ruin even the poles were broken into splinters the indian women after reaching middle age are usually heavy and lack agility but my grandmother was in this also an exception she was fully sixty when i was born 
and when i was seven years old she swam across a swift and wide stream carrying me on her back because she did not wish to expose me to accident in one of the clumsy round boats of bullhide which were rigged up to cross the rivers which impeded our way especially in the springtime her strength and endurance were remarkable even after she had attained the age of eighty-two she one day walked twenty-five miles without appearing much fatigued i marvel now at the purity and elevated sentiment possessed by this woman when i consider the customs and habits of her people at the time when her husband died she was still comparatively a young woman still active clever and industrious she was descended from a haughty chieftain of the dwellers among leaves although women of her age and position were held to be eligible to re-marriage and she had several persistent suitors who were men of her own age and chiefs yet she preferred to cherish in solitude the memory of her husband i was very small when my uncle brought home two ojibwe young women in the fight in which they were captured none of the sioux war party had been killed therefore they were sympathized with and tenderly treated by the sioux women they were apparently happy although of course they felt deeply the losses sustained at the time of their capture and they did not fail to show their appreciation of the kindnesses received at our hands as i recall now the remarks made by one of them at the time of their final release they appeared to me quite remarkable they lived in my grandmother's family for two years and were then returned to their people at a great peace council of the two nations when they were about to leave my grandmother the elder of the two sisters first embraced her and then spoke somewhat as follows you are a brave woman and a true mother i understand now why your son so bravely conquered our band and took my sister and myself captive i hated him at first but now i admire him because he did just what my father my brother or my husband would have done had they opportunity he did even more he saved us from the tomahawks of his fellow-warriors and brought us to his home to know a noble and a brave woman i shall never forget your many favours shown to us but i must go i belong to my tribe and i shall return to them i will endeavour to be a true woman also and to teach my boys to be generous warriors like your son her sister chose to remain among the sioux all her life and she married one of our young men i shall make the sioux and the ojibways she said to be as brothers there are many other instances of intermarriage with captive women the mother of the well-known sioux chieftain wabashaw was an ojibway woman i once knew a woman who was said to be a white captive she was married to a noted warrior and had a fine family of five boys she was well accustomed to the indian ways and as a child i should not have suspected that she was white the skins of these people become so sunburned and full of paint that it required a keen eye to distinguish them from the real indians End of chapter three